Talking Heads is brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football. Season-long fantasy is over, but on FanDuel, you can still play fantasy football for real cash all the way to the Super Bowl. Enter my code TALKING at FanDuel.com to play a risk-free tournament for up to 10 bucks. We're also sponsored by SeatGeek. Whether you're looking to buy tickets or sell tickets you can't use, check out SeatGeek, the smartest way to buy and sell tickets for your favorite sports team. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code TALKING for $20 off your first purchase. In this age, where every team has an entire department of people dedicated to analytics, why are NFL teams incapable of applying simple mathematics? I am available to help, and I am really, really good at managing digital clocks. And welcome into the latest edition of Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein, back in my basement in Connecticut. Mark Stern is in Washington, D.C. Hello, Mark. Hello, Bram. Uh, the storyline of this weekend in the NFL um, was how idiotic the head coaches of uh, two teams mismanaged a clock um, at the end of their games. One of them got away with it. Bruce Arians is getting lauded for being aggressive. We'll get into that in a second. Another one, Andy Reid, um, was thoroughly confused by uh, by the way he handled the clock at the end of the game between Kansas City and New England, and I'm just here to say right now, I'm, I'm going to start this by saying I'm offering up my services. As you all know, I don't have a job. I need a job, and most of the teams in the NFL aren't playing any longer, so they can start thinking about the changes they're going to make in the offseason. The teams that are playing probably don't really need to do anything different, but to all these teams that aren't there any longer, I am very willing to be your time management coach. And I'm here, I'm not just saying this is a joke, Mark. Um, these teams need this. All right, you have people there who sit in the corner and do analytics on all these players, and you have people who sit there and are literally looking at replay screens and tell the coach when to throw that little flag to challenge something, whether they're right or wrong. They are, that's their job. They are paid to do that. Why no team doesn't have someone who sits there and says, go fast, go slow, use a timeout here, run this play quickly for the sake of clock management. Because my, my stipulation here to you is this would win you or prevent you from losing at least one game a year. So what is that worth if you had an expert in clock management? What is it worth to you? It should be worth a lot. I mean, you talk about all these teams that just miss out on the playoffs, and you're talking about either winning a game or preventing a loss, and that's at least one, possibly two. You know, I don't want to get carried away and say, oh, we'll guarantee you five wins every year. But there's enough gray area in this where I, I'm astonished that there hasn't been some sort of department set up with a lot of these forward-thinking teams that say, you know what, we need every kind of edge we're going to get, so we're, we need a clock management guy at the end of that, and that's all he focuses on. End of the second quarter, end of the fourth quarter, that's your gig. Make sure we use it effectively. And you know what? You know, all the head coaches love to have some kind of scapegoat. Nobody wants to ever say, like, well, this was my fault. But Andy Reid sat there and looked like an imbecile when he was being asked about the clock management in the game of the Chiefs and the Patriots, which they, it, listen, they might not have scored twice anyway, but they didn't give themselves a chance to realistically do so. And that was because they were moronic with the way that they utilized the clock. All of America knew this. He was getting blasted on Twitter. He's getting blasted on it after the fact. And he's the only person that doesn't see it. So if Andy Reid would hire me, I could break in, tell him what to do at these moments. And if they don't work out, 
He can then blame me. He could walk me up in the press conference and he could say, this is the idiot who told us to go fast or go slow or use our timeouts. And he would have a scapegoat for something going wrong. Instead, he is sitting there trying to explain away simple mathematics that he clearly does not understand. Yeah, and him sitting out there and just saying, well, I, I, I don't understand your question. What's your problem? When the entire country was throwing things at their TV saying, why don't you call a timeout? Why don't you go hurry up here? What is your problem? They squandered so much time. And, yeah, they needed to get a score to make that thing realistic. But it was like, Jesus, you can't let the clock slip away like that. It was almost like they thought they had a whole nother quarter. It's ridiculous. Okay, I mean, just for those of you who didn't see it, and most of you probably did, here's what happened. They're down two touchdowns. With two minutes and 50 seconds left, they complete a pass that gets them to the half-yard line, and the guy didn't get out of bounds, so they have to run up there. The clock is now running. They don't want to utilize timeouts, which they have, okay, which they have. They don't want to utilize it. I get it. They take their time walking up to the line to set a play. They call a run play, which I have issue with as a clock management expert now that I have basically suggested (laughs) I am, okay? And because if this fails, you now either have to burn one of your timeouts or you have to try to run a play really quickly. But instead, they did neither one of those things. It did fail, and they let the clock get to the two-minute warning. So it took them 50 seconds in a game where they need two scores and there's only two minutes left. Yeah. That when they, it doesn't when, make any sense. It's it's moronic. There's got to be someone in the booth going, Andy, wake the fuck up. When that play, that running play that, you know, the guy got tackled, I think it was like, you know, like a one-yard loss or something like that. They still had like 25 seconds before the two-minute warning, and they're huddling up. And, and I forget who was calling the game. They're like, uh... Wait a minute, they're not going to get another playoff here before the two-minute warning. It was such an abysmal failure. That right there, that, I mean, that's, I mean, listen, they they still might not have won that game and probably would not have. But whatever legitimate shot they had was out the door once they once they let the clock go down to two minutes. Here's and then they what continued I would do to botch it. Okay, here's, here's what I'm going to do, okay? We're going to, just like all of your other game planning scenarios, my sole job is to sit there and come to you at some point in the week and say, These are the standards and practices by which we will utilize the clock, timeouts, and under all of these scenarios. It is my job just to sit there and say, when this happens, this is what we do. And I'm going to break in and say, call timeout, you're going to listen to me. Or you need to hurry up here and run a play. Or these are the plays that I'm calling in the emergency scenario. Like on the half-yard line, you're throwing a pass either way. If it's incomplete, the clock stops. If you score, awesome. Running the ball there is moronic. It's moronic. It's dumb. And it only works out if it actually scores, which it didn't. And then the rest of these numbnuts are standing around waiting for them to figure out what they're going to do next. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do next, and you're going to listen to me in that scenario. And I am going to save you from yourself because you seemingly don't understand what a running digital clock means when your season is on the line. Yeah, you would think that they would understand. I hate to use this phrase because it's overused, but... You would think that they would understand the sense of urgency at that particular point of the game. Now, I have one question for you. As you as you interview with the various NFL teams, I'm going to give you one small suggestion, and I think it's really going to put you over the top. Stop yelling and cursing. No, 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 no. Do that. I <laughs> oh, think that's okay. going to get their attention. Okay. <laughs> but I think if you would, it's it's about Greg what Williams at- of clock management. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. Hire me, you morons. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, I, I think if you go dressed in a tuxedo, and then when you get the job, if you're the guy on the sideline in a tuxedo, I think that kind of makes you stand out. I, I, ser- I'm, I'm dead serious, though. Why don't teams have this person? I don't know. I don't know. They should have them. Why don't they have this person? Like, the, the head coach is smart enough to know that he doesn't have the right angle to actually challenge a play, even if he thinks. He needs to say, have someone upstairs say to you, hey, you need to throw the flag here because we've seen the replay because he can't see the replay. Why would you not have someone up there saying, listen, it is time to go fast? Or in the case of the Carolina game that got close, okay, that got close, they were snapping the ball, Carolina, with a 31 to nothing lead. They were snapping the ball with 15 seconds left on a play clock. Can't do that. Simple mathematics tells you that if you run the clock shorter, that there is a less of an opportunity that the other team will score five times. So someone just needs to go, hey, tell Cam to slow down. We're not snapping the ball unless there's under five seconds left on the play clock. And if we need to speed back up later in the game because we gave this thing away, we will. But it's 31 to nothing. Why are you extending this game in any way? Idiots, wake up. This is not hard. It's just mathematics and the kind you learn in second grade. This is easy. And I don't understand why this would happen in these games. Or Bruce Arians, okay? Bruce Arians got lucky as shit, okay? He got lucky. Why in the world you would ever give Aaron Rodgers an opportunity late in a game for any reason whatsoever defies any logic at all. That is one of the best players of all time. And you know what? He made a fool of them because on a second down play, when they have it in their territory and you assume the worst case scenario is you're going to kick a field goal here to extend the lead to seven against them, why you would ever run a play that would risk stopping the clock at that point and saving Green Bay 40 seconds makes no sense. And because they won, respected writers like Bill Barnwell, who I think is a tremendous football writer, wrote that, Green Bay can learn from the aggressiveness shown by Bruce Arians. You know what? You know what? In hindsight, I guess so, because Arizona won. But that game should have never gone to overtime. And the only reason why it went to overtime was pure luck with that Hail Mary to some receiver I've never heard of in my life. And the fact that Bruce Arians did something astronomically risky and stupid and got burned for it. If it plays out any other way, the Cardinals never go to overtime with the Packers. They severely mismanaged the clock, and it is ridiculous to praise this guy on any level. He got lucky that he got away with that win against Green Bay. Yeah, that's just me. Uh, that's me, Bram. I, I, I coach. I, I like to be a new offense, man. We think offensively. We're just gonna. We're gonna always go. It's like, no, you idiot. Let the air out of the clock. That's all you're doing. You're preventing the other team, especially as you said, when they got a guy named Aaron Rodgers there from doing something miraculous. Oh, by the way, which he did. Now, there's another guy that has had some issues with clock management, and that's a guy coaching the Patriots. And I know people don't like any criticism of Bill Belichick because he's got four Super Bowls and been another two times. We get it. He's a genius head coach. But I still haven't figured out the logic he had in the Super Bowl last year with a lack of calling a timeout. It ended up working out, but I don't think that's how he drew it up exactly. And They got lucky as crap with that tipped pass that ended up falling in Edelman's hands. Otherwise, Kansas City might have gotten the ball back one more time. Well, before that, though, uh, all right, so there's about six and a half left, and they're up, again, Patriots up by two touchdowns, and they have the ball, and it's like, I don't know, it's about midfield, whatever, 30 or 40. They They get a first down pass for six yards, 
and then and you're like, all right, now they can run it for a couple of yards. The clock's moving. They throw, they throw. It's incomplete, incomplete. They end up taking a total of like 45 seconds off the clock instead of a couple of minutes, and then they turn the ball over. You know, they punt it, and that's when you know the Chiefs went on that stupid long drive and didn't even manage the clock. But New England really could have changed that situation completely by draining a little bit more time out of the clock, and for whatever reason. Belichick chose not to, and I just don't understand why guys who are so gifted at, at understanding the sport don't get how to finesse the clock at the end of the game. No, they don't. None of them do. You know, like, I, I it, they all try to outthink themselves. And listen, I'm not trying to advocate being conservative. What I'm trying to advocate is stop being a fucking lunatic and do things that only make sense. And this makes sense. Like, Someone sitting there saying, we have to take a timeout right now. Yeah. Or I'm breaking in because the ball's at the half-yard line. The play we're running is this. I don't think about it. Just run up. I'm breaking in. This is what we're doing because this is what we talked about in these types of scenarios. The Chiefs should have run up to the line, and they should have attempted a pass immediately. And if it goes incomplete, fine. The clock stops. The clock stops. You don't run the ball there. It's an it's a lunacy thing. And then Andy Reid to come out. He said in the press conference when people were asking about his time management, he actually had the gall to say, I don't know what you're talking about or what are you referring to? If you don't know what we're talking about, if you're watching this feeling comfortable with what you saw happening in front of you, then you need somebody to stop you from killing yourself because that was ridiculous what was happening at the end of that game. They essentially removed any realistic possibility of a late comeback by their own mishandling of the clock. And if they can't see that, then they just are so dumb at math they need to go back to the second grade and be taught what a clock means and how many seconds are actually in a minute and what timeouts should be utilized for. It's just moronic. The whole thing was moronic. And it's not just them. It's every team every year. You watch at the end of the game and you go, why are they doing that? Why isn't someone stopping them from doing that? Yeah. Not, well, I think this is a good end for you. I think, I, you know, I think we could be seeing the first clock, the clock management official. What team would you want to go for? Whoever hire you? You, you got a team? Yeah, pretty much whoever will hire me. I mean, I don't really care. I, I need a job, obviously. I don't really want to go to Green Bay because you know, that place sucks. But, um, but otherwise, I would definitely go live just about anywhere and do that. And I promise you, that I, I, I promise you, I will save you a game. At least. So what's that worth to you? At least a what game. What is that worth to you? Like, you pay some punt returner who breaks one, you know, for a touchdown a year, like a million bucks. So that guy, you paid him a million bucks to win you one game. I'll take a million dollars. I promise you I will win you a game or I will prevent you from losing a game. And that's the same thing. I will I will make sure that you there's a one game difference by me just being up there and allowing you to do proper things in terms of arithmetic. Okay, just simple arithmetic. I'm going to stop you from making poor decisions using arithmetic. And that's what I plan on giving you Uh, two quick things about football. Um. I don't think there's any question in my mind the Patriots and Panthers are both winning this week. Do you? Do you? I mean, no. Uh, you saw Peyton Manning. Is there any chance that Denver beats New England this week? No. No. And, like, I'm sorry, but Carson Palmer tried to throw up all over himself 15 <laughs> times in that game against Green Bay, and they very easily could have thrown up all over themselves and blown it. I think he's going to go to Carolina, and they're going he's gonna, to he's gonna throw a pick six or something that's going to ruin the game for them. And so I think it's Carolina. And New England in the Super Bowl. There's no doubt in my mind that's going to happen. I, I, it's hard to disagree. Carolina, I listen, I don't care what happened in the second half of that game. 
Carolina looks so great. When they get going, they're just so tough. And I think Arizona coming across the country, I don't know if it's going to be cold in Carolina or whatever, but contending with Cam Newton and those guys and that defense, no. And I think Arizona's a pretty good team. I just don't think they have a shot. I don't think Carson Palmer's up to task. And for the Patriots, I think this whole season has been about redemption in the, in the eyes of, of the league and be like, we want to get back to the Super Bowl so we can shove this ball down Goodell's throat. And I don't think anything's going to stand in the way, particularly not a weak-armed Peyton Manning that we saw last night. And there's this last one I just want to bring up because I, I'm not certain this is the case, but I have, a, I have a feeling that this is happening now. And I don't know how, why, when, maybe it was the way things went down with Brett Favre or, or something. something. Something's gone crazy awry here with Green Bay. Because they're losing games in amazingly odd fashions now. Like, last year was maybe the worst playoff collapse I've ever seen with the guy who mishandled the onside kick and Seattle scored really oh, late. Oh, right, 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 um, right. To win. Like, that was like a, that was a ridiculous way to lose. Like, all these crazy things had to happen for Green Bay to lose that game in Seattle. And then they did. And then a year later, in their first playoff game, they had what was it was a tipped pass. It should have been an interception, a tipped pass into the hands of another player to give Arizona the lead. And then they score on a Hail Mary and then lose the game two plays later. They're losing in very bizarre ways. They might have a curse on them. I'm just I'm just saying there might be a curse on them because that's some weird, weird ways to go about it. And I believe that some teams are cursed. And they're cursed right now. That's some weird ways to lose two years in a they, row. They are very weird ways. But they've also gotten, like, some great – look, I mean, they had the Hail Mary win against the Lions off of that the penalty that extended the game. Well, they're not as cursed as the Lions right, they're the Lions. Okay. <laughs> like, this is a different kind of right. curse. This is a, you're going to get really close, and then we're going to rip your heart <laughs> out the, and in a way that you couldn't even envision we would, would do they, it. The Lions don't literally have a chance. Right, no, and I'm not saying they do. <laughs> different but, curse. like, with the Packers, they're walking dead. That's what they are. They're walking dead. Didn't the dead. Packers have a game? Wasn't it against the Cowboys last year in a divisional round where the, the Des Bryant catch-no-catch? You know, that was sort of... Yeah, they got that one. That one went their right. way. So, it's, and then so they, it's almost like they're just at the center. I don't know whether they're cursed or blessed, or but it seems like maybe they're cursed in that they get these great breaks, and then when it really, really counts, they get screwed. Yeah, because they... I mean, these last two years, the way they've gone out, I mean, you couldn't even describe that to anyone and, and not feel like that some kind of higher power was screwing with them. Yeah, but if you know what? if You've, you've actually been to Green Bay, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've not been. I, I don't know what that fan base is like, but Amazing. they should be... Amazing. Con- freaking unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Game day there is is unlike any other place in the NFL. It's amazing. Yeah, and I think that I would think that they'd be like, you know what, we won the first three. You know, we had the whole thing's the, the trophy's named after our guy. We basically invented football, so screw all yeah, you guys. True. You know, but but something's up here. Okay, something's up. I mean, there's some kind of weird karma going on because that's a weird way to go out a couple of years is. in a row. No, I to actually get a hail mary. See, did you know that guy who had 79 receiving yards in the whole yes. in the entire season Janice. had 101 in one drive and just consider that for a moment. He had 101 receiving yards in one drive, okay? Yeah. That's practically impossible. That's almost like it's, it's almost impossible. It's, it's it's like I I've never heard of that. The field is 100 yards long. He had 101 in one drive. Think about that for a second. Simple mathematics people. That's bizarre, okay? That's it's 
unheard of yeah. that that happened. Yeah, that's unheard of. And we could we both. And now you said you said this earlier, and I will agree with you. Aaron Rodgers is just insane. I mean, he's insane. It's just you don't. I know it's easy to say the thing that's right in front of you right then. This is the greatest movie I've ever seen. This is the greatest game I've ever seen. But Aaron Rodgers is one for the ages. He just that's the, is. And that's not even just a Hail Mary. That The way he avoided a sack yeah. at that moment, yes. spun away and threw the ball yeah. and found that guy. And the, with the arm strength to get there like as if he was aiming it the whole way. That was unbelievable. Okay, yeah. it was unbelievable that that happened. I tend to think that, and then to lose two plays later, yeah. it's like what? That's the thing. What? It just the kicks world you in, kicks you in the balls. You're just like, oh. yeah. And then they're sitting here going, like, you know, the, the coin didn't flip thing. Yeah. And they're all upset about that. Like, like that had anything to no. do with the fact it's, that you, you gave up a touchdown in two plays. You left Larry Fitzgerald completely uncovered, and he burned you for seventy-five yards. Listen, my point is all this. I love football, okay? I love football. I hate stupidity. I just I hate it. It, makes me, it just makes me insane. I'm here to help you. Yeah. I don't have another job. Hire me. Hire Brad. I promise you I will help you, and you will be so better off for it. And when I do screw up, because I will screw up at some point, you can then blame me. Think about that for a moment. Here, wheel me out in that press conference and be like, this is the moron who decided not to use our third timeout, and we ran out of time. And they, just, and they come to you and you'd be like, I don't know. This seemed like a good idea. No, you would ever. Well, I would have been like, it's better than what that jackass <laughs> was going to do. No, and Andy yeah, Reid was smelling what was for dinner while the game was still going on. Yeah, Andy Reid just and the fact that he said what he said afterwards. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah. Well, everyone else knows what yeah. they're talking about. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. If I was a case, thanks a yeah, lot. Exactly. By the way, I had the Chiefs at thirty-five to one the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. Thanks, pal. But. You do have Carolina, and they're still in play. 45 to 1. That's not bad. That smells good. (laughs) I have a fantasy conundrum. If I were to play uh, a fantasy team this weekend with the four teams that are remaining, I actually don't think, Mark, that there's a good quarterback to pick. Not one. Because how in the world would you pick Peyton Manning if this is a statistical thing based on what you've seen? How do you pick Tom Brady in Denver against the number one defense of the league? How do you pick Cam Newton when stats are typically not like his forte? He only had like 160 yards passing last week against Seattle and Arizona's defense is every bit as good. And how do you pick Carson Palmer when he's throwing up all over himself and looking like he's ready to throw four pick sixes in the same game. I don't think you could actually have any confidence in any of those quarterbacks this weekend. So I wish anybody luck who is playing on FanDuel this weekend to pick the right quarterback. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I know, I know one thing for sure. I'm not picking Peyton Manning. The other three, I mean, you maybe make an argument, especially maybe Brady, maybe Cam Newton. But stay away from Peyton. Stay away from Carson Palmer. Listen, if you have the answer for all of this, then you're going to win a lot of money this weekend because everyone's going to sit there and go, well, I'll take this guy. But there, I think half of them are a bad choice here. And then which running back are you taking? Well, good luck with New England or Denver's <laughs> rush game or right. Carolina. Who knows Like who's going to actually run the ball well for them or Arizona who was terrible running the ball. Good luck picking any of these people and having any kind of expectation. So this is for fantasy masters this weekend. If you go to fanduel.com, you click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner, you use our promo code 
code TALKING and you sign up now, when you try FanDuel right now, you'll get a special no-lose offer if this happens to be your first league to give it a shot here in 2016. Enter a FanDuel league now, and if you don't win any prize in your first contest, we'll refund your entry fee up to 10 bucks. Just deposit, play, and if you don't win, we're going to refund it up to 10 bucks into your FanDuel account. For additional play, go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone, use the promo code TALKING. That's the promo code TALKING, FanDuel.com, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. Mark Stern is in Washington, um, DC. Um, you know, like I, as I pointed out, I'm still unemployed, even after, you know, all this passionate plea of people should hire me a few weeks ago. No one's done it yet. It's really annoying. But I, I assume eventually I'm doing all this visualization stuff and I'm very confident things will change soon. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm lying a little bit. I've got some things in the works. And so hopefully I'll have a good announcement, um, in sooner rather than later. Still, um, nothing's happened yet. Um, I am considering changing agents. And, and if I do, I'm going to hire Chris Davis of the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles after he signed a contract that I can't believe he got. Um, by now, into this portion of the baseball offseason, most of the big-name players are signed. I don't think Cespedes is yet, but I think he was waiting to see what happened with Davis first because the Orioles had an offer um, out to him. So we'll see what happens with the, the former Met, A, Red Sox, whoever else he played for. Um, and Chris Davis um, was asking for, like, Seven years, $160 million, and the Orioles were offering like 150 So they were very close, but there was like this protracted holdout over really wasn't a lot of money anymore. But Davis ended up getting it. And the way he got it was interesting. They're paying him $17 million annually. And then from 2023 to 2032, he is going to receive a $3.5 million payment annually, regardless of whether he's playing baseball for anybody at that point. And then $1.4 million from 2033 to 2037. Mm. So he has done, I got to do quick math here, but it's like about 30 to $40 million of deferred money that he will see on an annual basis, um, in all likelihood when he's not playing any baseball whatsoever. To that I say, can I hire you to handle any negotiation I have for the rest of my life? I can't believe the Orioles gave him that. It's it's an interesting deal. Um, now, listen, I know, I mean, you talk about the baseball side of it. He's a huge bat. That's a tough division. It would have been really tough to let him go. I mean, I have some problems with some of his parts of his game. But he is one of, if not the preeminent power hitter in the game today. I think he's got like a hundred and... 40, or 126 home runs in the last three years. I mean, it's ridiculous. So there, there's that side of it. So it probably makes sense to bring him in there. But, you know, <laughs> this money that we're paying him out, and I always say this for the Orioles, the money like that he's getting like after he's retired and just like the three and a half mil and then the one, one mil or whatever it is, like that doesn't increase. It's like it's not like sitting somewhere and he's getting a more interest on that. Those are set numbers. But, I mean, you kidding me? You're sitting there, you're retired. Like he never has to worry about um, – I mean, obviously, a $150 million deal or $60 million deal, you don't have to worry about stuff in general. But he'll be done playing, and every year, like a lottery winner, boom, there's your money. There is $3.5 million. Awesome. Can you imagine? Can you imagine signing a deal that pays you $3.5 million to do nothing eight years from now? Yeah, I, I'm looking for that deal, that's for sure. And, then, and there's no promise that he's actually going to continue the pace that he's been on for the next seven years. He could stink. Yeah. He could stink, and he's going to end up getting that contract. 
I I tend to think that the, I mean like with any of these long term deals, the first you know three years he's going to live up to that, and the last you know three or four years it's going to be like this guy's hitting one sixty and striking out two hundred times, and he's got twenty home runs, and we're paying him seventeen mil, and that's when you want to put your head through a wall, but. They're obviously, you know, they felt like they had to do it, and this is the cost of doing business. Oh, but- my God. Can you imagine this dude, like, when he's, like, 42 years old, is going to blow up to a balloon. He's going to oh. look like Ralph Friedgen. Oh, and he's going to be walking yeah. into Camden Yards going, where's my $3.5 million? <laughs> and I'd like some Boogs barbecue, too, please. Give me some Boogs. I want to hit some baseballs. Some Boogs barbecue and my $3.5 million, please. <laughs> this, now- this is, I can't believe they did it, because this is a frugal fan- franchise. I cannot believe they actually agreed to that i'm I'm actually i'm startled that they actually agreed to something like that well now didn't i i want to say that um scherzer's deal i think they had some deferred money in that but the most faint like the one that the nationals signed him to last year but i think the most famous one is bobby bonilla that i can think of off the top of my head He's still getting He's paid. Still getting paid. Or he was as of last year. We did this story every year on, on SportsCenter. We would like laugh when it was payday for Bobby right. Bonilla. He hasn't played in 10 years, whatever it is. He's still getting payments. It, yeah, and getting, it's like seven figures. It's not like he's getting 50 bucks. Yeah. It's seven figures. Now, that now maybe he was the forerunner of all this, but that is such a genius deal. It's like, yeah, you know what? I don't have to worry about my second career because I'm still getting paid from my first career. I mean, honestly, you know, honestly, for broadcasters who want to hire me, I'm down with this. Defer it all? Not all of it. I mean, yeah, I got to live. <laughs> yeah, give me a break here. I'm not going to live on rice for the next eight years. But, like, you want to give me a little less now and give me a payout later, I'm okay with that. Like, think about that for a moment. Like, when you get older, you know, especially in, in a situation like this, he understands. When his baseball career is over, it's really all over in general. Like, what else is he going to do with his life? And he's going to have a ton of money. But, like... Think about that. For for nine years, he's going to get a, a three and a half million dollar check for doing nothing. That's a pretty sweet, nothing. That's such a great deal. I would love that. That's two thousand thirty seven. That's twenty years now. So he's what? I think he's like thirty one now. So yeah. he'll be finished being paid from baseball in his fifties. That's his 50s. so crazy. Oh, and, th- and that's what his pension kicks in, too. So it's not like it's really ever over. Oh. Like, But, I mean, he'll never get a number like that again. But still, it's it's amazing forethought, I think, really. I don't think many players think this way. And, uh, honestly, I think some players should look at this and go, you know what? You know, that's not the worst thing on earth, to defer the money, to save you from yourself. You know, you hear all these cautionary tales about all these guys who get these massive contracts and then go broke at some point. I'm not saying that that would have happened to him or any of these other. Nobody should go broke if they have some $200 million contract. But some people do, you know, or, or, but the, a lot of these guys who get these $20, 30000000 million contracts go broke at some point because they can't keep up with the lifestyle. Consider that for a moment that like, what if I took a little less now and made the team pay me at a later date? If teams are willing to do that and I was like one of their advisors, I would be like, you should do this. You should do this. Like, this is the right thing to do for you. You should do this. That when you're done playing, that when you, when you take that time to figure out whatever it is you want to do next, you've got this cushion to land on every single year. This guy's smart. That's a smart thing to do, what he did. He's saying, you know what, I know you're giving me a ton of money, and I know you're uncomfortable with that ton of money, so let's just spread it out. Because at this point, I can't spend $17 million a year anyway. And think about this, you know, okay, so what, what, it, it slims down to, what, $3.5 for a few years, and then it's a mil. 
I mean, <laughs> slims yeah. down. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. You well, from 17, oh, it goes God. from seven. Oh, I got to adjust my yeah. lifestyle. I'm only getting three and a half million this year to do nothing. Tighten your belt. But, I mean, if you're t- in terms of a team's payroll, we talk about this all the time. It's, I mean, there's so many teams that are like, yeah, we owe him 12 million for the next, you know, a year for the next three years. We just don't want to cut him because we hate him. But, like, one million or three million. These teams, they just, they're like, yeah, whatever. That's nothing to those guys. So that doesn't disrupt their long-term payroll, and everybody wins. I, I think, I don't know, I think we, we'll see more and more of this as we move forward. Yeah, I would think the players should want, I actually think the players should want to do this. I actually, and the agents should want them to do this, and the financial advisors definitively want them to do this. And if the teams are willing to do that, to actually spend, to actually put money out there that they're going to spend in 2037 on a guy who's going to have been retired for 10 to 15 years. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you're actually willing to do that. Yeah. Okay. I guess. What if, what so, if Davis, reti- if Davis retires next year, does he still get all that money? Well, I don't think so. Right? I, I, I don't. There's got to be some kind of clause, like he, it's like a if you got fat and stopped trying clause. There's got to be like a, there's got to be. That's like, exactly we're not what paying three and a half million dollars for twenty years if that's the case. I, I believe um, the other is. story I wanted to talk about too, and this is the complete other end of the spectrum, um, is a guy who will never see money like that. But he's been in professional sports for a very long time. His name is John Scott. Um, he's a hockey player. He's, um, for lack of a better term, he used to be they used to be called goons. Um, he's a fighter. He's a grinder. He is a provocateur. He gets out there and he causes trouble. He doesn't score any goals. He has 11 points in eight years. That means a, a point is an assist or a goal. So he's had 11 assists or goals in eight seasons of hockey. Okay. It's not a lot. Eight seasons. No, that's not a lot. That's like 600 games. Okay. Yeah. He's got 11 points. That's it. So this guy is just your run of the mill. You'd never know who he is. But the NHL this year opened up. They tried to make um, draw some more excitement to the voting to their All-Star game process. And I don't know how this happened, but they're, they're, they're just a group of people, I'm assuming as a joke, because he's a nice enough guy and he's been around a long time. They just started to have this campaign, and it went viral to vote for this guy to get into the All-Star game. He doesn't belong there. He's not an All-Star. But because this thing caught on, this guy got so many votes that he was voted in and was eventually voted as a captain of the All-Star. He got so many votes. So it was like the joke that went too far. Right. So it went too far, right? Okay. So we get that. The NHL, you know, clearly doesn't want him in the All-Star game because they don't want, you know, this type of player to get in because he doesn't belong there over someone who is legitimately an all-star and they don't apparently have any sense of humor about this whatsoever so they had asked him according to the report i read on sp nation they had asked him to back away and say you're not going to go problem is here's a guy who doesn't make 17 million dollars a year he makes like league minimum type of stuff and there are like clauses and financial incentives for a guy like this to make it like the players who go to the all-star game split up like a million bucks it's actually a lot of money to him okay it's a big bonus for him so he's like well hell yeah i'm gonna take that if i was voted in i'm gonna go he's already got a couple of kids his wife had twins on the way all right so he's got this growing family and he's looking at this like hey i'm in my 30s i don't know how much longer i'm gonna play i'm not you know a a a playmaker here who is like a make or break player for anybody's team. I'm going to take advantage of this and ride the wave and use the, you know, and and take the money and play in the game. And it'll be fun for everybody to be an interesting story. Well, the NHL found no humor in this whatsoever. And because I guess he refused to say that he wasn't going to go, 
the NHL and the Arizona Coyotes basically concocted a trade and they sent him to Montreal, who immediately demoted him to the minor league of hockey, the AHL. And because he wasn't in the NHL at the time of the All-Star game, or assuming he won't be in the NHL at the time, he is now ineligible to get in. So they pulled a full-on mob hit on him. Yeah, they really did. Hey, yeah, we're going to take this guy, Scott, and we're going we're gonna to hide him someplace. Nobody's going to find him. We're going to take him to Montreal and ship him out for parts unknown there, right? You understand what I'm saying? It's going to be fine, all right? Yeah, have fun playing in Saskatoon, pal. Yeah, and by the way, when Montreal made that deal, they sent him down to AHL, and then they said, yeah, we're not going to call him back up. I mean, this, uh, to me, has all the appearance of collusion with these clubs and with the, the, the NHL front office, the commissioner, whoever, they said, yeah, we can't have this guy. You guys take care of this and, you know, hey, nod, you know, nod, nod, wink, wink. We'll help you out down the road with something. But it's just. Here's the thing, though, and here's the part of this I don't understand. What is Montreal going to get from the league for doing that? What is Arizona going to get from the league for doing that? So, like, why is the league rewarding? If I was other teams, I would go, what are they getting for pulling off this nonsensical thing that you asked them to do? Because clearly neither one of these teams would have done it on their own. Like, Montreal wouldn't have traded for some guy and then demoted him. And, you know, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. And, like, Arizona wouldn't just trade a guy who actually plays for them for no reason whatsoever. So why did they agree to do this? What are they going to get? And if I was another team, I'd be alarmed by that. I would go, I get why you don't want them to be in the All-Star game. You could have figured out another way to do it because whatever incentives you're giving the Canadians for doing it, can we have some of those? Yeah, I, I hope that there isn't some sort of quid pro quo there, but of course there know, is. Yeah, Why but, else would they do it? Yeah, it just it just is it just seems so bad. And by the way, now you're messing with this guy's life. So he's sort oh, yeah. of like he's like a, he's not an upper tier guy, like you said. He's he's banked a lot of dough, probably, and he's got a wife, and I think she's due with like twins, like any day now. And now they got to uproot, and as you said, go to Saskatoon or you know Newfoundland and play out the string there. Yeah. All and it wasn't anything that he did. It was no. that the internet took over, and you know, assholes like me are like, "Hey, this is really fun. We should make this. <laughs> this is awesome. Let's right. vote for this jackass right. to be in the All Star game." <laughs> right, and 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 like the NHL is like, "Oh shit, that was a bad idea. We should let assholes like Stern deal with this crap because now we got to do this." But you know what you do? You grin and bear it and say, "All right, this is, it is what it is." And then next year, we're going to change the voting thing. But once you start this process to, as you said, mob it up and just strong arm this whole deal to happen, to me, really stinks. This was full Russian mob. I I kind of picture NHL as like the Russian mob. This was full Russian mob. They like, let's go get this guy. These guys not going to play. Yeah, this uh, this Scott is going to play uh, somewhere in another league, but not with us. Yes, not John Scott. He'll go... You'll enjoy winter in northern Canada, okay? Have you played in Greenland before? It's very much you try? fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, you do. It's good. The ice very thick yeah, there. Very thick. You will enjoy. Do you, do you enjoy eating penguin? Yes, you will like very much. Bad news, paycheck cut into quarter. <laughs> exactly. He's like, now we're going to pay you in borscht. Are you okay yeah, with like, that? I, I don't know what the AHL salary is. I'm going to go with it's not even close to the NHL salary. Uh, <laughs> so this guy who was probably making around the minimum, and you know, based on his length of the league, was probably, I don't know, 500 grand, 600 grand. He's probably making a fraction of that. So because the internet played a joke on the league, this guy's life got turned upside down. That is so wrong. 
is so wrong. And then two teams were obviously complicit in allowing it to happen. So that's wrong. Everything about this is wrong. You know what? Put this guy in the All-Star game. Let him be there. Or you know what? Just give him a spot. Grant him the exception. Yes. You just grant him the exception. It's Add fun. another player. It's... Add another. The league could have just said we have an extra All Star spot because the, you know because of what happened here. But this guy gets to go because he was voted in, and that's it. And move on to next year. But like to do what they did to him was mean. I mean, it was just like it was literally just mean what they did to this guy. By the way, I have the uh, salary numbers for you here. Average. Yeah. Well, the minimum they earn a minimum of forty two thousand three hundred and seventy five per year. Uh, but the average is more than about ninety grand, and they have a per diem. That's the AHL. Yeah, that's the AHL. So the the average number is ninety. So it, let's just say he got the average because he's an average player. He's not like a star player right. for the AHL. So he's getting under a hundred grand. What's the minimum for the NHL? Oh, uh, it's more than that. <laughs> Way more than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That I don't have that average NHL. Let's see what they have it for me here. Two point four million. <laughs> that's the average salary. Yeah. But what, what's the minimum? Just put in, type in minimum salary NHL because I'm sure it's probably three, four hundred grand at least. Minimum NHL. It's got to be minimum. It's got to be somewhere in there. And I mean, so it's just so wrong what they did to this guy. I mean, they've basically cut out his financial wherewithal. Five hundred and twenty-five grand. Five hundred twenty-five thousand yeah. dollars. He's probably making a twenty percent of that now. Yeah, that's just... It's wrong. I mean, it's just wrong to do that. So, uh, you know, let's start a Kickstarter fund for this guy. You know what? <laughs> Save John Scott's well, life. Well, I feel like we in the internet, you know, we sort of screwed this guy over. I think we owe him. I really do. I think do. the internet owes him. I think you're right. I think the internet owes him. I think there's a Kickstarter fund for people who got, you know, Scre- who, you know, things just went a little too far. That's all. <laughs> just things went a little too far. Every once in a while, things go a little too far on the internet and, you know, some bad things happen. So we need to hook this guy up. I think the internet owes him about $400,000. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And also, as many round trip tickets as he wants from Saskatoon to Phoenix. His wife? Oh, she's so pissed. She's I mean, so pissed. Could she ever go on the internet again? <laughs> Can you imagine the amount of Chardonnay she drinks now? Oh God, yeah. Well, she's, until she has the kids. Yeah, she's got the kids. Once the, she's like, when I when I get these kids out of here, it's yeah. nothing but Chardonnay. Can you imagine this woman is about to give birth to twins and this happens? How angry she is! Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, the anger level. I yeah. think. Is, yeah. You did I'm this not to sure me. I would know anybody who could possibly be angrier about anything. Well, unless she's from Saskatoon and is looking forward to getting back there. Yeah, she's like, you know, I have a craving to kill Gary Bettman. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Gary. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah that's, that has got to be. nine months pregnant, like waddling up to the NHL offices in New York, wielding <laughs> a knife. Yeah, bitch Because you could Bettman. understand her position. Yeah, by the way, wouldn't that be a fun, now you figure, I, I see them because they don't have the big salary, they got to they gotta put all their stuff in a rider van, and they're driving from Phoenix to like, let's just call it like, you know, they'll drive to Montreal because then they get their orders from there. Talk about that road trip. Hey, honey, you want to listen to some music? No! Why are we on this trip? Fuck you! <laughs> you can't even spin this, I know. You can't even spin it. <laughs> Fuck you! You've ruined my life! You want to stop for food? No! I want to go yeah. back to Phoenix! I don't want you to be the all-star game! I'm going to kill your little, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> when I get these children out of me, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. When I remove these twins, you're next. You're dead. You're you next. understand you're that dead. clock? You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. It's like, hey, it's okay. I understand. You're, uh, it's okay. Just breathe, honey. Breathe this, you son of a bitch. Yeah. We're going to freaking St. John's, Newfoundland. I don't want to live yeah. there.
I mean, could you imagine like what this guy, this guy, his life is ruined. His life is ruined. Yes. All right, one two, one two in the championship weekend. And if you want to head down to Charlotte or Denver to check out the games that will determine who plays in Super Bowl 50 this year, then you have got to go to SeatGeek to find the best deals that are available. And if you use our code TALKING, you will get $20 back if this happens to be your first purchase. Here's how it works. SeatGeek pulls all the ticket buying and selling options from the other ticket sales into one place that saves you time. It's like a kayak for tickets. They also know the fair market value of every ticket, so they'll use that information to find you the best deals. And if you have tickets you can't use to either one of those games, or really any game for that matter, SeatGeek can help you quickly sell them, certainly in that scenario. You hate those sneaky fees as well? SeatGeek has the lowest fees of any ticket site out there and always shows you the full price up front. Plus, how about what's going on in the NBA right now? For crying out loud, there are two teams over 30 games over 500 is the first time since the early 1980s that two teams have had records like that so you want to go see the spurs you want to go see the warriors go to SeatGeek and check out the deals that are there uh for those two teams so to redeem your promo code and get 20 dollars back download the free SeatGeek app today enter promo code talking in the app SeatGeek will then send you 20 bucks once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase for the nfl playoffs the nba the best concerts use the SeatGeek app and our code talking to get 20 dollars back And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. Mark Stern is in Washington, D.C. Two quick stories to get to. Um, you know, this went way under the radar. I'm, I'm, just, I'm so I'm interested, like, you know what I'm so confused by, Mark? Like, sometimes stories just kind of get just completely glossed over, and some don't. Like, I'm still kind of amazed. Here we are a year later that the whole deflate gate thing became what it was like it really it, it felt like a completely innocuous thing when you know the Patriots beat the Colts by 8,000 points and then people were basically calling them cheaters for nine months like I thought that was really weird and then this past week Chandler Jones played in the game against Kansas City and no one seems to care that like a few days earlier he walked into a police station in Foxborough Massachusetts shirtless and freaking out on what everyone thinks was some kind of reaction to drugs, illegal drugs. He played and that did not become some kind of major storyline that one of the best defensive players on that team um, did something that would probably warrant a suspension at the bare minimum. I mean, like what happened here? How did this completely go under the radar this entire week? It was very strange. Um, and by the way, not only did he play, he had an impact. I believe he forced a fumble in that game. He did. Um, he did. It, he, it wasn't like a mention of like what happened earlier in the week. Because no one's exactly sure, but he was an impact player a few days after having a really bizarre incident occur. Yeah. So, I, you know the details is better than I do. But uh, so what he the, the cops outside the police station see this guy walking up without a shirt and he like drops to his knees like he's praying to Mecca or something like that. Yeah. Like, what the hell's going on here? And, and then, you know, I guess he's I need some help. And he's freaking out. They think he smoked synthetic marijuana or something like that. No one's sure exactly what it is, but it is pretty clear that there was some kind of reaction to barbiturates. Okay. And it's not alcohol. It's, you know, it's 
whether it's legal or illegal drugs. That's the guess here. But no one knows for sure because no one's really saying. And the really troublesome part about the whole thing is, is he did go into the police station. He did ask for help. They did not. And so the public records law is now somewhat in question here because the Foxborough police initially basically said they knew nothing about the reports that had come out about it and then had to admit later that they deleted the record of him coming in and altered it. And they said, well, we did that because this wasn't a criminal it was thing. A medical thing. This was a medical call and we helped him on a medical call. And due to privacy laws, we can now protect him and not do this. But people were going, yeah, but you said, you know, you basically lied to us when you said, did you have any contact with him? Because you did have contact with him. And so then it starts up this whole What's Bill Belichick's reach here? Are the Foxborough police, like, willing to cover up things that happen with the Patriots now? Oh. Like, when a guy walks, even if it is a medical call, and but, like, Absolutely. clearly something illegal could have happened here. Absolutely. You know, we don't really know what happened here. This feels to me like it was a college campus, you know? And I'll just, uh, you know, whatever you throw, Florida State, whatever, you know, some SEC school or whatever where you know, the quarterback gets in trouble. And this is from, like, way back in the day. You're like... Well, we're not going to report this, right? No, we got a big game next weekend against Alabama, well, man. We can't report, report that. Why this, would we right? report that? And that's exactly what these cops were like. And I don't think I don't think Belichick has any like standing order, like, "Hey, just leave my players be." But I think there's an attitude with people up in that town, and, and I guess maybe with the police department, which I find to be sort of amusing, is they're like, "Yeah, there was nothing going on here." Yeah, no, 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 no. There was no play of that. There was nobody here. We actually have records of that. Oh, yeah, well, he was here, but we deleted those records because it's our right to do that. So go fuck yourself, all right? All right, Mr. Boston Globe, we're not going to fucking talk about this. He's a fucking great player. We got a huge game this weekend, and Tom Brady could win another Super Bowl, and we're not going to get in the way of that, all right? You understand? <laughs> it's like... I mean, that's it, what really, happened. I mean, they deleted but that is what ha- That is what happened. Like, if you could... Right. Like, if you could take away all the speech that is given to reporters about what happened, that is what happened. Right. That's exactly what right. happened. And when they deleted that stuff, the, one of the reporters was like, well, is that normal? Do you normally delete records of things like that? And the guy was like, I don't know. I can't say for sure. I mean, possibly. I mean, lots of things happen. There could be U- <laughs> there could be UFOs. I don't know. Lots of things are possible. All right? Stop busting my balls. Tom Brady's a god, and he can cure cancer with his baby blue eyes. So shut the fuck up. It's really, I mean, it's it's actually scary. It you is. Know? It is scary. a little scary. It's, it's a little scary. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, and like, no one is accusing this guy Chandler Jones of having done anything criminal at all. You know, he just clearly something went wrong. He got nervous and he went to the police for help. And I, honestly, I'm glad he did that. You know, like, like I'm, I'm happy that he did that. I'm happy the guy's okay. I'm happy that he played this past weekend because God knows I've had situations where I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to take my shirt off and <laughs> walk into the police station in the past, you know, and I would hope that the police would protect me too, you know? So on some level I get it, you know, and I understand, but I don't like this, like, are we seriously treating him differently than we would treat other people? Um, because, you know, what he did could constitute a lot of ramifications. Um, most notably, is the NFL looking into this? Oh, they are looking into it. And I you would know, I, like I saw Le'Veon Bell not play a couple games this year because he smoked some weed in the car. I mean, like if this, you know, where are we here? I mean, this guy was an impact player in one of the biggest games of the season. And I didn't hear a word about the NFL like going, all right, you know, we got we got to take a look at what, what's going on here with this guy. 
you know, not to say I want this guy's life ruined or anything, but you know what I mean. Like, hello, like what's happening here? I heard that uh, that Goodell is trying to get the Patriots to trade him to Montreal so they can send him down to their minor league system. No, I, I, I think Yeah, I think they're looking into it. I honestly w- wouldn't be completely shocked, and this would outrage everybody in New England, if, like, let's say New England advances to the Super Bowl. There's two weeks. Wouldn't surprise me if Goodell said, yeah, we've investigated this, and we're going to suspend him for the Super Bowl. And people yeah. would be like, what? Yo, we hate you what? so much now, Goodell. We hate you so much. But I think that that's, that's got to be in play. Like, I, I don't think it's any question. He's probably gun-shy. I would imagine he is gun-shy doing anything to the Patriots based on, like, they got embarrassed by the whole, like, deflategate thing in the end. Because that judge was like, what is wrong with you, dude? It, like, you need to back off. He wasn't so embarrassed that he didn't file an appeal. They're still appealing that shit right now. Yeah, well, but he, you know, and I heard him actually say something about that, that he was like, listen, we're just protecting. So, like, he made it sound like we're not trying to go after Brady anymore in terms of positions about how we, you know, administer discipline. We need to procedurally go forward okay. with stuff like this. Right. So, so, like, I, you know, I think that, like, they've taken the gloves off. They're just saying... Listen, you know, we have a relationship with the union by which we wield a lot of power and we want to maintain that power and we have to go through the court system to maintain that power. I don't think they have any semblance of we're going to end up getting Tom Brady in the end. I don't think so. But, I mean, they can try. But that that's kind of my point here, though, a little bit. It's its really odd. What story stick like? Yes, it this is one. This one didn't. The the Peyton Manning might be on HGH one didn't right. at all. Yeah. And the Deflategate one went on for months. For months like it's and months. It's impossible to actually guess. I would imagine being in like PR, even they must be surprised. Like, I can't believe that didn't blow over, and I can't believe that did. Yeah. You know, that when that Peyton Manning thing came out, I'm like, oh my God, we're gonna go through a year of this. Yeah. With him. And it, we don't even talk about it anymore. No, it's completely... And the Tom Brady balls thing, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, I don't even know why we're talking about this, like a day after it. And this went on for 10 months, it didn't stop. Yeah, I, I, I can't figure out the rhyme or reason for any of that, and which is why I guess I'm glad I'm not in PR, because I'd be like, no, this isn't going to be a big deal at all. And it's the hugest deal in the world. You never know where those where that stuff's going to land. And some of it, I guess, depends on a news cycle and what else is going on. But, yeah, it's – I don't understand why that wasn't a bigger deal with um, with the Pats this weekend. And certainly really don't understand why the Peyton Manning thing wasn't a bigger deal. I, I, I You know what sadly is what it is? It's Al Jazeera. That for some reason – No, you're right. I believe it's, it's Al Jazeera. I believe that for some reason people were rid- – Al Jazeera is beyond a legitimate news organization. Yes, they like, are. Beyond a legitimate news organization. And anyone to attack their credibility off of this is – uninformed and uneducated about our business and but i heard a lot of it i heard a ton of it being like well they said it like as if isis put out this yeah report, that's you know? the thing it's like oh yeah that's <laughs> what's wrong with you it's an Al-Qaeda like, thing, it's right? Not, no it's not right it wasn't like osama bin laden's number two yeah. did the report on peyton manning this was like a legitimate news organization did this right these the imperialist running dog peyton manning is cheater i am live in denver <laughs> we will kill all infidel. I mean, no. And Peyton Manning is cheater. Yeah, I mean that's just like that's their that's that's on the priority of ISIS. Yeah, 
to take down Peyton Manning. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's really, honestly, the sense I got was people are like pointing at Al Jazeera going, so you can't trust them. Like as if they're connected to ISIS or something. I know. It was so insane. And, you know, and then, of course, it was compounded by the fact that Al Jazeera America like folded shop like 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 three days after that. And everyone's like, see, yeah. they're a total fly-by-night organization. They don't count. Yeah. Peyton Manning does funny ads. We love him. It's like, well. Yeah, we really like him. I like his pizza. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I like on. his pizza. I like his folksy manner. I like everybody in his family. Right. I think we need to back off here. But that Tom Brady, yeah. it's like, what yeah. the hell? He's married to a foreigner. <laughs> what the hell happened here? He's married the to greatest a winner. It's like the greatest winner in the sports history is getting just railroaded over a couple of gas law weird inaccuracies with footballs. Yeah. <laughs> Peyton Manning gets linked to an HGH lab by a major, massive worldwide news organization, and they're like, that's bullshit. <laughs> right. They're like, uh, <laughs> come on, scurrilous report. What planet are we on? Yeah. What planet are we on? No, it's, it's unbelievable. It's utterly insane. It really is. All right. I, I, we've gone way too long. We've taken up too much of your time. So I'm going to let Mark do this because uh, he's dying to. He oh, loves weird well, deviant No, crap. you know what? Tell me about the snakes. Well, no. Tell well, me about the snakes. Well, this is going to be a great tease. So every Everybody out there listening to the Talking Heads podcast. And by the way, tell your friends. We didn't urge you to do that this week, but it's an understood thing. Oh, tell yeah. all your friends. We need them. We need you, and we need them. Tell John Scott, you know, we're on his side. Let's get all the people who voted for him to listen to our show. But we have a- I will come to Saskatoon. We will go to Saskatoon yeah. and do our show from whichever stupid AHL team he plays for and do an hour with him. Yeah, that's a promise. But we got to get to a we'll certain... We'll fly there. I'll, I'll, I don't know how I'll get there. I'll take, I'll take a dog sled. However you have to get to wherever he is now. What's I the, will go there and we will do, we'll do an eight-hour podcast with him. What's the threshold of listenership that we'd have to get to to agree to do this? 10,000? No, I'll just do that because I want to do that. <laughs> and I want his pregnant wife in the room, too, so she can blast the <laughs> NHL. I really would like to hear what she has to say about the whole thing. Ask me about Bettman. Ask me. <laughs> Go ahead. I dare you. I dare you. Um, Ask me about Batman. I will <laughs> I will tease this. We'll do the story next week because it's still going on. This is a month-long thing. It's, I'll just say it's the great python hunt in the Everglades, and we'll give you all the details on that when we come back to you next week. Oh, look at that. That is called a tease. Woo. All right, goodbye then. And, um, and please, as Mark said, will you just fucking tell people to listen to this already? It's easy for crying out loud. If if your friends don't know how to download a podcast, they're morons, okay? They're like Andy Reid with the stupid clock at the end of the game. (laughs) Wake them up and get them into 2016.